0: Okay. Hello. What is up? No small thing listeners. This is Scott here at the beginning of the show just to say greetings and welcome to no small thing. This week is such a good episode because it's about Kendrick Lamar, who's one of our favorite musicians. And before we get into the episode, I just want to quickly encourage you to head on over to iTunes and rate and review our podcast. It's so, 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 so helpful in getting no small thing more attention and promotion on iTunes. So if you're a person that has listened to this podcast and find it at all enjoyable, could you just put this on hold for like three quick minutes and go over and rate us and review us on iTunes. The rating is helpful, but the review is doubly helpful, not only because it gives us that little boost, but also because it gives us some good feedback. So feel free to give us some feedback in your review. Something this last week told us that we need to make our logo more clear something like that. And we thought that was some super interesting feedback. And we're really uh, thinking about it. We're really thinking about um, what we could do with our logo to make it pop a little bit more, even though we're sort of fans of our logo. Okay, well, that's it for now. Let's get to this episode. Like I said, uh, this is about Kendrick Lamar, artist, musician, rapper, lyricist, trendsetter, and all around awesome human. Macy and I had so much fun deep diving his lyrics and his albums together, specifically to To Pimp a Butterfly. So if you're a fan of To Pimp a Butterfly, we really go deep on that one. So yeah, here it is. Welcome to the conversation. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everybody! Welcome to No Small Thing. I'm Scott,
1: and I'm Macy.
0: And we are really excited tonight because we're going to be talking about Drumroll, Kendrick,
1: Kendrick Lamar,
0: Lamar. Boo, so boo, exciting! Boo. We have a we have a list of things that we want to talk about. We have it's a huge list,
1: a humongous. list. We don't list. know if we'll
0: ever get to it, but we uh, will. Yeah. Maybe there's <laughs> I, I, maybe we'll just say this to the audience members. You, you guys know if you've listened to any of our episodes. Um, we've done enneagram episodes. We've done episodes on artists. We've done episodes on sort of philosophy, theology, wellness, anxiety. Yeah. And then we have sort of these rogue episodes,
1: these rogue episodes. <laughs> and
0: voice was a very rogue. Episode. Oh,
1: that was the yeah. roguest of we the did, episodes.
0: It's, it's, it's like we're challenging ourselves
1: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this
0: one doesn't feel like a challenge. This feels like one we're looking forward to,
1: yeah, we were looking like forward we to voice, arrived. but voice was really hard to grasp. Yeah, But this one, we just get to be impassioned by Kendrick Lamar. Who is your... Age and favorite? wisdom
0: was hard to grasp. Remember that?
1: Age and wisdom was hard yeah. to grasp. <laughs> Both age and wisdom and uh, voice, I was incredibly anxious around. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, and
0: I was just... I wasn't <laughs> relaxed. I was kind of like, where is this going? What are we <laughs> saying? And, and in retrospect, I'm proud of of the final product and i'm proud that we decided to t- tackle those topics yeah and challenge ourselves but this feels so fun yeah um so yeah we're going to talk about kendrick lamar a, a rapper oh, slash rap- hip-hop artist slash if you don't know who kendrick lamar is yeah.
1: performer slash prophet slash king
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And is sort of in the sweet spot of his career right now. Like he's not Mm. what you'd consider Mm. an elder statesman like Jay-Z or Nas or some of those guys. And he's not an up and comer either. He's, he's definitely in
1: four albums.
0: Yeah. He's, he's one of the, he's considered one of the best. So we're going to talk about him. Cause
1: Kendrick is one of your favorites. Would you say he's the favorite? I say
0: for some reason, I I, I wasn't that intentional about this, but if I'm just honest with myself, I think it's in terms of just what I feel inclined to to turn on in terms mm-hmm. of music.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I either want to listen to Kendrick, Kanye West, or Beach House. And Beach House doesn't really match. <laughs> Beach House is But so Beach different. House, if you knew me, would probably be the assumed type yeah. of music I'd listen to. Yeah. But I am, and maybe we haven't talked about this on the podcast very much, but I am, uh, hip-hop and rap music is my preferred music to listen to. Yeah. And then other things are fine. I'm very open when it comes to music, but I, I prefer rap music for whatever reason
1: that's it's just so interesting to me every time that i think through that because my parents were just like they just don't like rap music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like not that they like have anything against it It's just any anytime i'd put anything rap on they'd be like can you skip this i don't like this i mean a lot of my music to be honest but i don't know i've never you don't meet that many like older or not older adults just adults that are like yeah i like kendrick especially white dudes
0: (laughs) (laughs) actually that's probably not true i mean to a certain extent me liking kendrick is probably somewhat of a cliche for a seattle liberal progressive white guy does it
1: make you like hipster
0: I don't know if it's hipster. I just I think it's like in a very cliche, semi nauseating way, like a hashtag woke type of situation. Oh. You know? And that's not obviously my intent, but it's 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 there. It
1: is what it is. It is what it is. That's what it be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so on that on that note, I, I think Macy and I were interested in before we talk about Kendrick. Um, you know, we talked about Kanye, and Kanye is kind of his own thing, out in his own world, and I didn't feel inclined to talk about this when we were talking about Kanye. Yeah. But with Kendrick especially I think because of To Pimp a Butterfly, but other things too is he's he's so commenting on the black experience in America. Mm-hmm. And it feels strange and yeah. a little awkward to be two white people sort of assessing black art what you yeah. what you'd say mm-hmm. and so i i have a few articles i'm going to read yeah i have a few articles yeah, yeah. and macy hasn't heard these surprise. so I, I would like to see what her <laughs> response is but i i think the reason i'm sharing it is to to have anybody that um may be thinking like this is this isn't appropriate like here here's here's some thoughts that i'm going to share yeah. based on articles i've read but also actually if you are a white person, yeah, to like music. shout out to you. This is yeah. Shout out to you. And also maybe you might learn a few things from these articles. It, it just, as you listen to black art to proceed with caution, it's not like that we can't engage with black art or listen to it or appreciate it. But I do think what I think these articles point to at the end of the day is it, it to me, and I agree with these articles, uh, requires some response and not sort of, um, indifference hmm. or passivity hmm. and especially if you're going to hear about a black struggle of some kind in our country hmm. and so I, I guess what i would want to say is maybe this is a, a, a slight teaching moment for anybody that this might be new a new idea to you yeah um if you're just the type person's like doesn't even think about oh, I'm listening to a black artist share about their life and the pain mm-hmm. that they struggled with growing up. Mm-hmm. And you're just sort of enjoying that without critically thinking about what it means for a white person to be listening to that. Mm-hmm. Then maybe this will help you be that way. So here's here's a really interesting article. Um, this is really strange because... the. Uh, 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 these articles are ironically written by white people. So I'm sorry about that, but I still think they're interesting or helpful. So one is from from a site called sinkhole, which go look up that I'm not going to explain sinkhole to you right now. And I'm, and, and I, and I'm just going to try to give a little bit of background on this article. This author is talking about um, something that actually happened here in Seattle with a black woman author and, um, the audience that came to hear her reading and ask her questions were primarily white people, especially primarily older white people Mm -hmm. and especially older white women. Mm -hmm. And so he talks about how when they would ask her questions, they would often in in his interpretation, sort of in a condescending way say, Oh, you're so talented. Oh, you're so lovely. And sort of give these praises that he felt weren't necessary Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and felt slightly condescending. So he builds up and explains this context of um, sort of white people engaging with this black woman author. And then he says, uh, these things.
1: Here it is. here. here.
0: So just, just thoughts about this. Uh, so he says, it's a vicious cycle, in other words, which is why this praise and reverence is so distressing. In essence, we're forcing black writers and artists to perform the difficult emotional labor of articulating the various aspects mm-hmm. and effects of institutional racism. There mm-hmm. is, too, an element of tokenism in the act that's a little bit harder to pinpoint, but which can be located, I think, at the vector of racial capitalism and the black minstrel tradition. In other words, these are two aspects of the act of watching while White. Watching while white or listening while white maybe. The first is that the effusiveness of white progressive praise and the very public nature of our willingness to purchase black art is an attempt at buying forgiveness. Such atonement via capitalism is distinct from reparations because it is not systemic. And in many cases, much of the cash you fork over in purchasing somebody's book or album goes right back into the coffers of giant white managed companies. Hmm. It's kind of like buying indulgences to remit a purgatorial sentence. All that money went back into the Catholic Church, which was then incentivized to keep up the whole disgraceful charade. It's also a form of virtue signaling, which in our age of social capital is important to just about everybody. The second aspect is possibly even more problematic. There is an uncomfortably ethnographic element to the act of watching while white. Progressive white Americans are curious to see what black life is really like, which Mm. in itself does not constitute the problem. Instead, it's the intention. We're looking to see if black lives conform to our stereotypes. Let's Mm. call it, can I touch your hair racism. Such curiosity gave rise as well to the black minstrel. Minstrelsy tradition of the 19th century, which was responsible for embedding harmful and false assumptions about African American culture and engendering a paternalistic attitude toward Black lives, which endures to this day. Ethnographical questions and commentary constituted <laughs> a sizable percentage of what we talked about during the question and answer for Homegoing. That was the reading. Of the book was called Homegoing. People wanted to know about Africa. People wanted to know why, uh, what Gyasi, who is the author, discovered in Africa. People wanted to know what Gyasi discovered about herself and her family. People wanted to know what Gyasi's African parents thought about the book. So please don't get me wrong it's extremely important for white Americans to support writers and artists of color whose work is very often not about race and racism it's sadly important to note but above but about love family joy personal failings and triumphs the much vaster array of basic human emotions Though lots of our money does indeed flow right back into the pockets of white managed companies the financial success of each black writer and artist opens the door just a little bit wider for others and eventually allows for watershed moments like the monumental success of Black Panther in other words what we're reading and watching is an Extremely important bellwether, and it's critical too that we show up to events like Homegoing Discussion, which is this book discussion. Although it's minuscule, it's certainly a step in the right direction, an acknowledgement by progressive white Americans that institutional racism, racism is, in fact, a thing. And that we're listening. My fear, however, and this is borne out historically, is that this is where our engagement halts. Mm -hmm. And this historical refusal to dig any deeper in understanding black lives has led to us filling our knowledge gaps with harmful stereotypes, which pervade our institutions and end up reinforcing the inequities we claim we want to get rid of, or even worse, claim no longer exist. that's a lot
1: that was a lot but I think it was good and helpful
0: I think it's enough too I don't know if I need to read the other ones I
1: don't don't know if you need to read the other ones but I think yeah I just think it's important to recognize as you're entering I honestly I would say any form of art just recognizing that you're kind of entering an artist's perspective in a space and especially when an artist is like truth telling from a place Mm -hmm. of brokenness and a place of injustice like I don't know. You just have to hold it with a lot of like respect and yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of these articles, I think the point is, and I like to think that we're not, um, I, I like to think that we're doing this in good faith. Hmm. Um, but they say, they say you, with, with, with engaging with these songs and these artists, you need to go deeper. Hmm. You need to be willing to look at racism and systemic racism. And, uh, gosh, I don't even want to be like, I do. I am an advocate, you know, like, uh, like patting myself on the back or something. But I, I, maybe for our audiences, this is stuff I engage with. And I know Macy does as well. And we take seriously and we want to take a hard look at racism and systemic racism and our part in it. And we learn every day from Mm -hmm. lots of different people that challenge us and, we're not looking at this blindly or indifferently or just for mere entertainment. <laughs> so no. I'm not, I'm not uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm pretty, I, yeah.
1: I would also just say like, as a, a white listener, I think I'm like sometimes relatively convicted by Kendrick. And mm-hmm. I sometimes think that may be part of what Kendrick's doing. You know, yeah. I, I think that Kendrick has uh, a white audience sometimes in mind mm-hmm. ever, like at times. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say is, i was going to read this but i think we're, we're, we, there can't be a reading all night but um there was there was a professor who wrote some really eloquent things about kendrick there's a professor who chose to teach kendrick in his uh, literary class and uh he started blogging and facebooking about it and kendrick got wind of it and showed up at the class as a guest speaker which is pretty cool That's insane but i was surprised to see that the professor was white and and um it's cool to know that Kendrick was excited about that, supported the effort, uh, supported it, it by even showing up to the class and meeting the students. Yeah. Another moment that I think is interesting to reference in regards to Kendrick, uh, and again, to all of us listeners, especially if we're white, is um, there's, there's this sort of famous moment where he invited, he invites oftentimes people, to, which I'm sure 21 Pilots does as well, um, people, that, people to come up and rap along with him to his songs. Um, and so he, he had a white woman come up. Hmm. And um, I'm not even going to say the lyrics because it, it, there's, there's a part from Good Kid Mad City that has a lot of N words in a row. Hmm. And I, I don't know if it's a, a fail on Kendrick's part to just not coach her a little bit, but hmm. I think he assumed she was going to skip over the N word. And she gets up there and just starts going all in oh. on the N word over and over and he he eventually is like cut it cut it cut the music (sighs) and this was so again like probably asking too much on his part but so sweet i mean Mm -hmm. he very aggressively says you can't use that word can you can you make sure you skip over that part i just got to have you skip that one word
2: yeah and she's
0: she's a little annoying about she's like oh come on bro let's go it's it's the song i'm just saying your lyrics and he's Uh like no 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 you can't can't say that word. How? And that, but then he goes, Should we give her another chance? Like, let's give her a chance, like, you know? And he's like encouraging her. So he's not shaming her and kicking her off the stage. Right. Like, never come up on my stage again. So that's cool. Um, but it's also interesting to think that, I mean, as I read these articles, there are a lot of white listeners. That That's one of the things is like a lot of white listeners will rap along their car saying the n-word over and over again and Mm. and and probably would feel comfortable getting up on stage in a public place and saying it and that's just indicative of a bigger problem like it's it's again like what what i'm trying to address at the beginning here is having an appreciation for proceeding with caution when you're listening to something like this as a white person
2: yeah
0: and i think i i take it pretty seriously and again i'm not trying to like say look at me or tooting my own horn or something like that <laughs> uh, i don't know i'm paranoid about sounding you're like that for, comes up a lot in this you're podcast you
1: ever paranoia
0: jeez oh, <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah i mean i just want that disclaimer out there as we talk about kendrick it's like we're 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 listening while white we're okay. critiquing while white all that stuff and it's, it's important to acknowledge I think. So there it is.
1: I think we've put it out there.
0: Hey, what a fun, interesting opening to our Kendrick conversation.
1: It's time to get to Kendrick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. We're going to talk about Kendrick. Should we start 25? i think we
1: should start with how you first encountered kendrick because i'm really curious okay and when in the story tell it all
0: <laughs> uh so second uh oh man a side note to this what here, I mean, I, considering myself like the biggest kendrick fan what i found out today is he had like three albums before section 80
1: well, the, I've always kind
0: like of EPs, but that, I feel like Section Eighty is like his first big album.
1: Yeah, I was always wondering about that because Section Eighty is so good. Yeah. I was like, there have to be albums that is he was like putting out there. Also, okay, this, but then we'll tell your story. But Get, in want uh, to tell my story. <laughs> in an interview, he said that he had like a hard drive that had over five hundred songs. Mm-hmm, Did you see mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. That are just missing and he's like oh yeah he was so casual about
0: it well i think he's probably come to terms with it i'm sure he was really upset
1: 500 songs yeah he just talks about i think it
0: also just shows the how how seriously he takes his craft like as he's preparing for something like to pimp a butterfly Uh, yeah he probably has 50 recordings and whittles it down to like 15 you know
1: yeah his brain is very complex (sighs) Okay, wait, tell us, tell us how okay, you so, met Kendrick. So I,
0: I love rap music. So all, all our people out there who love rap music, hopefully you like these episodes. And I think there's a crossover too with, uh, 21 pilots cause <laughs> they're to Tyler Joseph. I consider a rapper. I'm a, I'm a believer in Tyler Joseph as a rapper. I agree. You know? So
1: Kendrick uh, and Tyler were putting the vibes and the frequencies out there to do a collaboration.
0: Oh, come on people. Let's make we it happen. It. <laughs> um, so yeah i'm I'm always sort of looking and listening for new rappers. It's just something I am paying attention to, oh. and for whatever it's worth, I'm really invested in the in the conversation about who the best is and who's up and coming and <laughs> the goat, I just love that the go yeah <laughs> uh, which that's another conversation we could have but um I was actually, as, as, as people know, if you've listened to this podcast before, I'm a youth pastor. So I remember driving out to a <laughs> kind of a cliche youth pastor thing, like a golf tournament. I was driving out to a golf tournament with a parent cool. of, of, of one of the kids in my youth group. And just talking about how he's doing, what's parenting like. And this is kind of a classic parenting moment oh, there's so many things to say because uh, now i want to show macy a, a video of something which i might do actually and i could put the audio um but uh i think there's a lot of misunderstanding about rap music i think there's a lot of unnecessary fear and probably a little bit about what we we're talking about earlier um you know writing off lyrics because it doesn't sound right to a white ear to a certain mm-hmm. extent you know and there's even some <coughs> There's a great article written about Cardi B's success when she was, uh, you know, recently succeeded with her album. And one of the things that this writer particularly liked is she she was able to succeed in a way that didn't involve a lot of what you call code switching. Hmm. So that she just was herself and she didn't try to soften herself for like a white audience or something like that. So, uh, anyways, I'm in a van talking to this parent long story, are. and, uh, he just starts getting really nervous and emotional and frustrated. And he said, these kids, I'm so nervous about what they're listening to, what they're being exposed to. Oh. He says, there's this new song by this artist, Kendrick Lamar. Have you heard of this guy? And I was like, I think I've heard of him, but I hadn't really heard any of his songs or wasn't really paying attention. Can
1: I guess what song it is?
0: Yeah. I, yeah.
1: I think you might've told me this yeah. story. Is it drank?
0: Yeah. Swimming pools drink. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he's telling me about the lyrics and I'm starting to sound concerned. So he's saying, yeah, these lyrics are encouraging teenagers to jump in a pool of liquor, you know? And I'm like, wow. It says you get a, you, you fill up a pool of liquor and you dive in it. And I'm like, wow, that sounds harsh. So I go back and listen to the song within one listen, you know what's happening. Yeah. Well, I did. I I could understand what he was saying. I'm so smart. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's, what's also again, a side note about Kendrick. It's so, frustrating and sad that that's a, that song is satire yeah so he's there's a there's a there's a voice that's singing in the chorus that is meant to be the voice of peer pressure yeah telling kendrick to f- fill up a pool of liquor and dive in it that's not what kendrick's trying to tell teenagers to do to no. have fun and if anything the message on the album is the opposite um but I just went back and heard that song and I was already all in. I was like, this is a very interesting, nuanced hmm. song. Like one of the things Kendrick often does in his. This songs. concerned
1: parent led you to care. Yes. Kendrick. <laughs> is,
0: is, is, has many different voices. So yeah. he is, mm-hmm. he is the voice of peer pressure. That's literally Kendrick's voice saying fill up a pool of liquor and dive in. And then he's got a different rapping voice and all sorts yeah. of different voices. I was like this, this is on a different level. Like not very many rappers uh, do this. And, and just a side note again about Kendrick. That's so unfortunate Is he's had these two big, huge performances at the Grammys. And I think like the British Grammys or something like that. And he has these huge words, which you kind of celebrate and like, okay, this is great. Um, but it's like a title screen that comes up behind him. Mm. And he's, it says, this is a satire by Kendrick Lamar. Mm. And my thing is like, I'm sure he's saying, Hey, white people, calm down. This <laughs> yeah. a satire. I don't actually mean this. This is just <laughs> a performance piece. You right. Know? Right. And I wish he didn't have to do that. I wish people yeah. could just get it without him having to be so obvious Over about it. Uh, but I'm sure after, after all these years with people misunderstanding his content, He's just like, let's just make it really clear. Let's
1: just put it out there, everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, so then um, I listened to Good Kid, Mad City, and that was, as Macy knows, yeah, snaps for that. Snaps
1: for Good Kid, Mad City. It,
0: it's a story, so I think that's something that sets him apart. There are rappers uh, that tell stories in their songs. Uh, yeah. A good rapper will often be able to, to in one song, tell a story, and there are albums that take you on a journey, but this was just so unique um and it requires many listens. Like it took probably four or five listens for me mm. in a car getting the story. And once it clicked, it was like something wow. went off in my brain. Yeah, and it became so beautiful, and you'd want to hear it again and again. So I'm not even gonna explain Good Kid, Mad City. I'll say one final thing about Kendrick. And I don't even say this about Kanye. Beach House is its own thing. <laughs> um, but there is a shortage of quality Christian art. Christian art is really
1: cheesy. Do I relate to this?
0: Do you, do you, do you relate to that frustration?
1: Oh, that it's really cheesy. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I, growing up, I spent a lot of time in like Christian music stores and I'd just yeah. be rifling through all these Christian CDs trying to find something that resonated with me. And I was, I was in retrospect, just settling so aggressively and yeah, you're, true. you're wanting your faith. You, you read this stuff in the Bible about, about, humanity and brokenness and bloodshed and war and a, and a god that comes and dies and gets crucified on a cross it's so heavy and intense and it takes this world and our pain so seriously yeah. and then you listen to these cheesy glossy <laughs> bubblegum christian <laughs> lyrics and it's like i didn't i wouldn't have had the language for it but I, you're just you're as a as a teenager especially you're left feeling so unsatisfied
1: i forget that you kind of had more censored music as a teenager yeah i did
0: i did but it's not even about sensory music It's about Christian music.
1: Hmm.
0: It's about wanting something that expresses your faith. And so I remember hmm. the first time I saw Jesus walks that forever hmm. made me a fan of yeah. Kanye. And he says uh, to the hustlers, murderers, drug dealers, even the strippers, Jesus he walks with them. Nobody had ever said that. Yeah. Michael W. Smith and DC talk didn't say stuff like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And I was Michael like, w. this is a real <laughs> thing. You know, like that's what you want to hear. You want to hear, those things switch mentioned
1: didn't even say Switchfoot it didn't even say it. Yeah. Come
0: on, switch foot call out. Uh, and then, uh, so good kid, mad city culminates in a very Christian moment where it's like, God is entering oh, into it, the pain, into the reality of our, of our world. And we're not glossing over it and we're not even trying to simplify it. Uh, but something happens in, in, in this profound moment with a prayer, hmm. um, and it just felt like this is this is expressing what i think my faith is mm-hmm. in a real mm-hmm. profound way and it's it's what you'd say about like a cr- a christian theological term would be incarnation like god showing up into the pain of our lives and this felt like
2: mm-hmm.
0: really profoundly representative of that and the idea that this isn't even billed as a christian album it's right. just it's just being sent out into the universe and I don't know. I as a as a Christian, I was just like so thankful for it. Hmm. And I and I wish and I I think that's what I I as a youth pastor almost I've been a fan of Kendrick and low key trying to promote him cuz I, I think if I was aggressively promoting Kendrick, a lot of parents would be upset. But like, <laughs> but like, this is Christianity, people. This is this, what you need. This is what is, we all need. Your, you, you need this as parents. Your kids need this. Like this is this is instructive.
1: It's just like he's he's engaging with the world, and Kendrick is just thoughtful music. You know, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. so thoughtful and engaged with his family and spirituality and the people around him and his home. Like he's yeah. engaged with what's going on and is writing about that i that's just uh yeah i understand why you just fall in love with him i've I really fallen in love with kendrick <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah so i mean at the time good kid mad city came out i mean the, the trippy thing about that is he's probably like 24 gosh he's about your age. that's
1: crazy yeah oh my gosh i know it's crazy when i think about him being like in his teens and yeah. like writing and writing some of the things he wrote it's just he's so it's very talented yeah he's very talented i mean can you
0: imagine making something like good kid mad city at that age
1: no it's good kid mad city is like a whole narrative play story Mm -hmm. and just so many raps i know so many raps (laughs) just so many raps as well and good beats and it's good to listen to it's it's incredible and i think so like we all know, probably, if you don't know, I'm obsessed with 21 Pilots as a fan.
0: We could do a montage of all the times <laughs> in every podcast where you've mentioned that you're a fan of 21 Pilots. <laughs> it's become a thing. I'm almost like it's a necessary part of the show. At really? some point, you have to mention 21 Pilots. And if you don't, then I, I think we'd have to go back and add it in.
1: <laughs> it's really hard not to. Yeah. yeah. Um, They, like, speak to me on, like, a very personal level. Like, I probably, they'll like, they're, like, a spiritual band on some level of, Mm -hmm. like, wow, Mm -hmm. there's something about them that, especially Tyler's lyricism, that I can, like, eternally relate to. And I don't care too much about music quality. Like, I Mm -hmm. do, and I Mm -hmm. like that, and that's, like, an aspect. But the fact that it speaks to me, like, always outshines all of that. With Kendrick, I feel like the music quality is just so good good and the beats Mm -hmm. and the music and the way Mm -hmm. it all comes together like it makes me really appreciate an album that is so like fine-tuned and handcrafted with so many complex bits it's i can't imagine the editing
0: i know and someday i'd love for you to see this documentary called fade to black and it was when jay-z was thinking he was going to retire oh and so he made his final what he thought was going to be his final album Mm -hmm. called the black album. Wow. And it was released with a documentary that juxtaposed with him performing this with all of his other hit songs at Madison square garden sold out Mm. and how he created the album. Mm. And so like, wow. Uh, one of the things you realize and you know, true hip hop fans probably already knew this, but it was enlightening to me. And this was like 10 years ago, but, um, It's such a collaborative process. When you get to Jay-Z's level or Kendrick's level, you go around the country essentially to the best beat makers Hmm. and they give you their best beats because they want their beat to be with Kendrick or with Jay-Z. And so, you know, Jay-Z goes to Timberland, he goes to Pharrell, Pharrell Williams, he goes to Kanye so he's got like yeah. probably eight people and what what he does it's it's so crazy to watch is like he goes and it's like jay-z's here and they play him like 10 beats uh, here's this one here's this one you can tell mm-hmm. they're just all
1: like oh i hope he picks
0: these are famous producers too in their own right right um and you can tell they sort of made it with him in mind hmm. and you watch him and he's like nope not that one nope not that one and they're like oh crap and, and then they'll finally play him when he's like that's it Hmm. And, and when you get to that level, it's like you have the highest level producers giving you their best work. Yeah. And then you rap over that. And I mean, Jay-Z is rich enough to be like, I'm buying that beat. Yeah. I'm going to buy it. So, you know, you get money for that, but you're also going to get a lot of attention from Jay-Z rapping over your beat. And Kanye was founded by Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I, I, in terms of, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about your sense of like quality. It's like yeah. Tyler and, um, Josh, Uh, do do everything on their own which is so cool
1: it's very it's it's cool in its own right it's smaller yeah it's like like, homemade yeah it is you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and so like kendrick is 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 shopping out all these beats and then Mm. when it came time like to pimp a butterfly it's on a completely different level because he was getting these beats but then he was bringing in live instrumentation to go over the beats now it's a whole different we are not even getting
2: into it (laughs)
0: Okay, so um, Macy has always known about Kendrick. I have. But she, I have but not in the last always few weeks, known about Kendrick. She's done, a, well, <laughs> since she was born, Macy has known about Kendrick. Uh, in the last few weeks, you've been doing deep dive hardcore. This is true. So what's that experience been like for you?
1: Um, okay, well, I'll first say that I have known about Kendrick for probably like two years, like two years ago, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I know Kendrick is. And maybe I would know a few songs.
0: What, what would, what would, what do you think the first thing you've ever heard him on was in passing? Like casually?
1: I don't know. I mean, I know I knew him from, I think lemonade, which just makes me feel Mm -hmm. like that was probably when I first encountered Kendrick. And like, you just see him around on Mm -hmm. things, but I'm not like, you
0: (laughs) just see him around. There's that Kendrick guy.
1: I am not necessarily, I like rap music, but I just like specific songs specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't, Usually, I don't understand, and I'm not a deep diver in rap like history or mm-hmm. culture, like that's not a part of my journey, but I can appreciate it. And Scott and I became friends a year and it's like a couple months ago. And you loved Kendrick, yeah, yeah, and you played a lot of Kendrick, and we were playing like a lot of Damn. And so, I just like, oh,
2: right, like had
0: kind of just come out, Damn had just come fresh. out, and
1: so I was like, oh, I'll listen to this. And I really liked it, I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this guy is really cool, but. I didn't like dive in because I think I caught him when it was starting to become fall. And then I just got into like all, emo sad music. You,
0: got, you had to get, emo. I had to. Yeah. Um, and so you had to listen to some Julian, Baker. Julian Baker for <laughs> sure.
1: Um, so, but now because of, we're doing this, I was like, okay, now is my moment to just deep dive Kendrick. So for the past like month that we've, Three weeks we've known we're doing Kendrick, so I've been listening. And then this past week, I've been just like hardcore deep diving, which has been so fun because I kind of didn't. It's like I don't know if I'll have time for all this Kendrick deep diving, but <laughs> the more I like got into it, the harder it was to be like, like I would just be like, oh, I want to. I just want to go listen to this album by Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, I just as a listener really appreciated that. I sat down and listened to them the past three weeks as albums. So I tried to experience each album really holistically as an album, Mm -hmm. which I typically try to do with music, but like with Kendrick, it feels like especially important to do because he does craft these as albums. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just feel like honestly listening to Kendrick, in like experiencing i don't know the experience of his albums like it's not just like you sit down and listen you kind of experience a story you experience characters and themes and things um Mm -hmm. and i just feel like very inspired and like i have a lot of thoughts like it's it's hard to just listen to kendrick and it be background Mm -hmm. i would say um
0: well said absolutely so And I would almost be offended if somebody's listening to it as a background.
1: True. Yeah. Um
0: I mean there's a few songs like King Kunta, even though it's no. deep, you can you could have it on in the background, just kinda of be dancing. But you can't really do that with most of Pimp Butterfly.
1: I would like to say that King Kunta is a song that I don't think I can ever skip. I like, it was on shuffle on something and then something else. And it just like, once the beats going, I'm like, Oh, I have to listen to this whole song. It's so good. Um, so I guess with my journey, I like have really loved it. Hmm. It's been super fun. And I, I'm a little bit like curious if we do Kanye again or another rap artist. Like,
0: cause we didn't really do Kanye. We didn't
1: do Kanye in a like deep diving way. We did Kanye in a, like his, his, personality way and we also almost. did his
0: the recent rollout of the current albums. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't really
1: go back no i think you we know? would we'll yeah. probably do another kanye episode get ready <laughs> <laughs> um but i don't know i just think i was kept finding myself more and more just like this this is prophetic this is like genius like i was it's blown kind of away level. by the talent mm-hmm. of just like the way in which he forms poetic like he's not like it's very poetic rap
0: yeah just the raw talent <sighs> the whether raw talent regardless of the message yeah you know and then he had the message and the vision and the the mission so to speak you know it's like
1: yeah so it's been a fun journey mm-hmm. and uh i don't like i just feel i'm starting so we're doing yeah. this podcast episode but i i I also would like to just admit that I am encountering like Kendrick as kind of a newbie, mm-hmm. so I have like fresh thoughts. They're not like I've listened a lot, but they're thoughts. hot off the press. I'm going to have to live with these albums. Yes, I've kind of lived with Damn, so that is the album I probably have the most like fluency in, but it's not my favorite. So
0: yeah, it's not mine either. What you gonna do? Yeah, and you know this it's almost his favorite. feels. You know,
1: it's his favorite.
0: Well, he said that and that that thing, but I was explaining that to Jack because. My son also doesn't think Damn is the best album. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I was saying, you know, he had just released Damn and he was on sort of a damn tour doing. Mm -hmm. And it was also his most recent and freshest product. Yeah. And so like it's on the one hand he he asked. I mean, mean, how could he have just come out with that album? He's there to promote it and he's not going to say that's his best.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: I don't know. But one of the things that I was confused about by that interview is he he put good kid M.A.D. city above to pimp a butterfly.
1: Yeah. That's I noticed confusing. that too. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> I think to pimp a butterfly is like a different tier.
0: Yeah. It's in its own realm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If, really if you've never listened to to pimp a butterfly, we are your number one advocates to go do that.
0: That's the one, that's the one you should listen to. I mean, yeah. we talked about good Kid, M.A.D. city, but if you're going to choose, if you've never listened to Kendrick, and you're gonna start with an album. Go start, start with that.
1: Yeah, That's I mean, it. you could start with Good Kid, M.A.D. City yeah. too. But depending on your
0: Well so, one of the things. Okay, uh, so this is the this is the crazy <laughs> thing about our podcast. Like this feels like an intro to a Kendrick episode. So who knows? Maybe we'll do more. But um, the way these things work is we sort of meander our way through a conversation. But I don't think we can talk about Good Kid, M.A.D. City. Or damn, like we have to choose one, and I think I think you and I both agree that we like to pimp a butterfly. Yeah, and this is the thing about Kendrick, which is which is what I appreciate. This is what I want and not just music, but whatever it is, whatever t- type of art I'm consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I side big, big bracketed side note. I've got to work on this whole thing about sounding pretentious. I, I want to say something about myself and not sound like I'm trying to sound like a jerk. <laughs> I don't know what it is.
1: I don't know what I want to get rid you. of that, that tick. I it feels know. like a tick. of something. Yeah, it does.
0: Um, I, I just do not want to sound pretentious, but <laughs> I'm going to say something that could possibly. sound, pretentious. sound- <laughs> I, as especially at this stage of my life have limited time. And if I'm going to consume anything, I want it to be high quality. You know, I'm just yeah. not the type of person. That's why I don't like, that's why I don't watch sports. I don't have time to watch something, um, passively or that's not going to move me or teach right. me or instruct me. I that I'm not judging anybody that does whatever they want with their free time. If you want to watch sports, 100% great. maybe, I, this is when I get in debates with people about sports, they make a great case for all yeah. sorts of deep things about what it does there for is them There's a lot
1: of depth to yeah. sports fandom. And I, and
0: I see that. It doesn't do it for me. So when I watch a show or something like that, I have to know that it's going to be something that is going to be rich and nuanced. You and,
1: like read reviews before you begin things. And like do I research. Do. He has to Because I have to know I'm up. watching.
0: I do have to five it up. <laughs> I, Enneagram 5, just in case you haven't listened to our Enneagram. But um. So, what, one of the things you one of the words you'd probably use for Kendrick's materials is, is that it's dense. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about Topimpa Butterfly," but we could do a whole, not just an episode. We could do five episodes on just the opening song of Topimpa Butterfly," which is called "Wesley's Theory." Yeah, that's it's so dense, it's so rich and and nuanced. Every word, every instrumentation, every background noise is important. And and so what, what can you even start (laughs) to say? What can you
1: even say? (laughs) It's so,
0: it's so tough. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think it'd be fun to like, just spend a a small amount of time talking about to pimp a butterfly.
1: Okay. Then my question is, what is it about to, to pimp a butterfly that makes it a standout for you?
0: Uh, okay, I have lots of thoughts
1: about that. <laughs> Please tell us the whole. I'm so curious. Uh, I don't want to
0: just ramble. So if I'm starting to ramble, just interrupt me.
1: Okay, sounds great. Um, you Guys, this one, is Scott's guy. It's
0: uh, Kendrick. Yeah, We're excited. If we, if we get going on Beach House, I'll, I'll be the same. <laughs> um, One of the things he said about making To Pimp a Butterfly, if you think about his albums previously leading up to this, is he said it's the album he wanted to make Previously, when he made to Good Kid, Mad City, if he had had the confidence. Yeah. So the universe approved of him, basically, through Good Kid, Mad City. are mm-hmm. like, you, you've got it. Yeah. Like, not just the universe, but awards, other rappers. Like, everybody's reviews. Like, you're, everybody's you're the guy. like,
1: oh, my goodness. So he, he
0: had confidence. So he's like, okay, I'm going to do the album that I want to do.
1: Okay, wait, I have a quick question. Please, yes. Does Tipimpa Butterfly come before or after what is that track called? That's like the track is like when he calls everyone out.
0: Oh, control
1: the control track Control, control came lyric.
0: between good kid, bad city and to Pimple butterfly.
1: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: So if anybody wants to go look up a song called oh, control, yeah. that's a whole other side note. And, and actually Kendrick references it. I don't know if you pick this up. He He references references it a few times in, in to butterfly.
1: Yeah. And even in interviews, people reference Mm -hmm. it. It was like a moment in history where Mm -hmm. Kendrick just like,
0: he calls out everybody, calls out
1: everybody and claims to be the greatest (laughs) rapper. So he had this,
0: he had this big song. It was actually just a, it was supposed to be, I think just like a casual big Sean song. And he Hmm. big Sean probably just asked if Kendrick wanted to rap on this track with him. (laughs) And it's like, it's so funny that, People don't remember that it was a Big Sean song. It's like hmm. it's like Kendrick's control verse. That's what everybody thinks of Kendrick's, Kendrick's control, control, Vers, control verse. They yeah.
1: always speak of nobody, it in that way. Nobody remembers
0: it's a Big Sean song. <laughs> um, so yeah, that happened. It, it kind of built momentum heading into to Pimp a Butterfly. So he said this is the this is the album he wanted to make. Um, another thing that happened between Good Kid, M.A.D City and Pimp a Butterfly is that he went to Africa.
2: Hmm.
0: So that that influenced everything that he did on this album and macy and i were toying around with the idea of talking about favorite moments or favorite lyrics or favorite songs um this isn't something in terms of something i relate to Hmm. but something i can appreciate and if you're thinking about in terms of a story even if it's not a real story this would be profound but it's a real story Mm -hmm. so i think it's the song um i forget i want to look at the track list
1: look at the track list i was thinking i wanted to do the same Great minds think alike.
0: <laughs> it's not mama. I'm thinking oh, about mama. Uh, which is, is so good. That is
1: a great song that I it could, could talk mama, about actually for um, hours. He
0: has, when he, he has, comes home. Yeah. He has these really haunting chorus from, from a group, from a choir probably that are, that are meant to essentially represent Africa. And it says over and over again, we've been waiting, we've been waiting, we've been waiting for you.
3: Right in blue match, thank God for wrap. I will say it got me a pack, but what's better than that? The fact it brought me back home. I know loyalty. I know respect. I know those that's unreal. I know everything. The highs, the lows, the groupies, the junkies. I know if I'm generous at heart, I don't need recognition. The way I'm rewarded, well, that's God's decision. I know you know that line's for Compton School District. Just give it to the kids. Don't gossip about how it's distributed. I know how people work. I know the price of life. I'm knowing how much it's worth. I know what I know, and I know it well not to ever forget. Until I realized I didn't know the day I came home
1: oh that's yeah, a really good that's huge yeah a very a climax moment i would say he has multiple like moments within huge his album on that
0: album Woo. so then another thing uh was this idea that um he was so you have this idea of like getting in touch with your african roots by literally going to africa he goes to robin island <clears throat> Where Nelson Mandela was imprisoned, he, get, he 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 just learned so much about his ancestry,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, so it's not that he just brings that story into the raps, but all of the instrumentation in this album is black culture. So it's 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 jazz, it's funk, it's hip hop, and that's just another great Kanye moment when he did his Wyoming listening party. He had Chris Rock intro the night mm-hmm. and. Chris Rock is just yelling at all these people. Hip-hop is is an American black art.
3: Okay, I'm not going to spend too much time up here before I bring out my man. Just remember this. Remember this. Rap music, hip-hop music is the first art form created by free black men. Hip-hop is the first art form created by free black men. And no black man has taken more advantage of his freedom than Kanye
2: West. Hmm.
0: And uh, the only other thing that you could probably say about that is jazz. Hmm. It's also black and American. And you could probably say the same thing about funk. And so... Kendrick incorporates all that. And so the final thing I'd say about to butterfly, especially as it stands apart from damn or good kid Matt city is that this just sounds like it's in its own dimension. There's no Mm -hmm. trends. Mm -hmm. There's no, like Mm -hmm. he's trying to be meeting what people are hoping and sounding cool. It's just in, it's just its own realm. And when he came back to damn, I think what he was even saying he kind of liked about it was that, I think at that time he was probably trying to be a little bit more radio friendly. No,
1: I think that he was like thinking of a wider yeah. audience, which,
0: and this just doesn't, this just feels so pure. Damn. Yeah. I would never accuse Kendrick of this, but it, 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 could, <laughs> it, it could be cause I love damn. I really do. Yeah. And I loved it when it came out and I'm a huge fan, but like compared to, to a butterfly, damn feels a little bit more radio friendly. It feels, I wouldn't say the word sellout, but it seems a little bit more like, um, thought through for, commercial purposes mm-hmm. this just felt like i'm gonna make and that's the coolest thing about to Paper butterfly it's like it had nothing to do with what was trendy and yet it completely blew up yeah. everybody loved it
2: yeah
0: you know so who knows what he's gonna do next but we we don't even we yeah, don't even need he what he's so
1: gonna much, do next because this has exists so much in him yeah by the way in interviews he just speaks of just having songs mm-hmm. for days and days and days it's incredible
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: oh dang to have that within you kind of it's, crazy it's it's really just shows it's such a gift we don't all have that you know like yeah. he's really gifted with his words
0: i think to a certain extent and this is what i'd like to think these artists teach us i i, I think we all have th- these things in us we, we hmm. all have so much in us he's found a outlet hmm. and he takes it very seriously yeah you know if we all took self-expression as seriously as Kendrick, we'd probably be producing some pretty interesting things.
1: It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah.
0: Not not to minimize his talent because I think yeah. he has talent, but I do think everybody, this kind of goes back to our conversation about voice. I think everybody has something to offer. Yeah. If you spent, he spent years making this album. You spent, if you spent that much time... And he had already perfected his craft.
1: And yeah, I guess I just, I mean, in in terms of my life, like, I could not just, like, spit rhymes Mm -hmm. like Kendrick does. Like, I couldn't just, like, (laughs) sit down and, like, write down the poetry or the words that he Mm -hmm. does. Like, I sit and, like, shocked by the poetry of his lyrics sometimes because it's it's, it's so nuanced and complex and the wordplay and the way that the themes carry throughout. That's, like, where I really pop off to Kendrick. It's just.
2: The Thieves. The thieves.
0: This is a crazy question, but like, what stands out to you in *To Paper Butterfly*?
1: In *To Butterfly*, okay. We're
0: looking at the track list, right? Looking at now. the track
1: list, okay. Well. We've said it a few times, but the song Kunta is one of my. You favorite. You love that one. It's That's like really one fun. of my favorite songs, yeah. and I really like. That was the
0: it. single that was released. Yeah. to Intro this album. I
1: mean, it's like the most like I think radio-friendly mm-hmm. song, mm-hmm. but it just like has of. V- it's just it's the musicality of yeah. it more than anything, and I also really liked the music video. I've seen that a few times. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a sense of, I don't know this whole album on some level feels like you feel like you're entering like as an observer almost and like being exposed to something and even in that music video you're exposed to like a certain like kind of way of being together and dancing and vibing and Mm -hmm. i just i appreciate kendrick's like uh, ability to draw that out and like bring it forward almost and i feel like that song does that and it's just a fun bop other songs, I mean, a fun bop. A I fun like bop. It really <laughs> is. It's the most like. Oh yeah, this is a good fun song.
3: True friends. One question. Where, wait you and I was walking? Now I run again, game, got the whole world talking. King Kunta, everybody wanna cut the legs off him. man taking no yeah Where, where you and I was walking? Now I run a game, got the whole world talking. King to everybody wanna cut the legs suffer. When you got the yams,
2: yeah,
3: the yeah, Mr. Power, that beat, that beat, that beat, that beat, that beep, deep beep. You can smell it when I'm walking down the street. Oh yes, you can you oh know, yes, some can. I can dig rapping, But a rapper with a ghost rider. What the f happened? Oh no. I swore I wouldn't tell, 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 tell. Almost y'all share bars, like you got the butter bunk in it, do it.
1: Like I love you. Mm-hmm. That song is...
0: It's almost too much sometimes. It
1: is sometimes almost too much, but it's a really dark song. Um, But I really think it's poignant, and within the album, it's so nice. Um,
0: (laughs) Well, I remember... So this is a quick side note. I was training for a marathon when this album came out. Uh And so I I listened to Tip of Butterfly just on all my runs.
1: Uh, Would you have to skip it?
0: No, no, but when you go to the dark spot of you... And then All Right comes on next. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I would just get so emotional and teary-eyed on Mm -hmm. these runs when All Right came on. I was like, oh, it's just, that that is a, just, I guess if anybody hasn't listened to this album, You is track six. I'm looking at the track list right now. And it's it's really Kendrick's struggle with depression and self-doubt. And it's so heavy. And then All Right is probably the most optimistic and upbeat and, hopeful song so to have those two back to back is jarring
1: yeah it really is like you
0: you go to this dark place and all of a sudden it's like wait but there's hope oh and we're gonna be all right and you're gonna be all right oh
1: yeah yeah and then yeah and i always think i like i like to also think of you as just and i think he wrote this on purpose but like you and i like Mm -hmm. our songs you know yeah and so thinking of you and then thinking of i which is like I don't know. If you could consider Mortal Mortal Man almost like the outro mm-hmm. and like I.
0: I's the finale.
1: I being the finale. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That that's this is so cool that when you're talking about an album, you're thinking <laughs> in terms of this. Yeah. But so that's a moment for me. But also how much does a dollar cost? Gets me every oh. time. Oh. Every single time I'm he really convicted. So well. yeah. And like there's so many lines that stand out. Like at times there's one where it's like I'm staring at you staring at me and like we're Mm -hmm. like it's contagious like oh that line gets me every time and not just in terms of what he's talking about in the song which is kind of addressing do you think it's a fake story yeah it's real real Mm -hmm. wow
0: he's talked about in several interviews yeah, so if, so there's a song on um, "To Pimp a Butterfly." Again, we're we're just just Quainy in case somebody Butter. doesn't know. Maybe maybe yeah. I like to think some some Kendrick fans are listening to this and just kind of enjoying the conversation. But mm-hmm. just in case you didn't know, just in case, uh, there's a song called "How Much a Dollar Costs," and it is a story about him being in Africa, and for some reason he was more open to experiencing homeless people here. Hmm. Uh, And so it was a a real experience he had with a homeless man at a gas station. And eventually, because he had acknowledged this homeless person, this homeless person looked him in the eyes and was like, God bless you. You're doing God's work. And and just kind of had this big, profound moment. And that's what inspired this song.
1: Yeah.
0: But the majority of the song is him wrestling with his judgment of homeless folks. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's one big final moment where he realizes like he could possibly be actually in the presence of God or an angel Mm -hmm. or something, you know? I'm imagining
3: Denzel Be looking at O'Neal Cause I'm in sad thrills Your gimmick is mediocre The chick is up I seen you from a mile away Losing focus And I'm insensitive And I lack empathy He looked at me and said Your potential is bittersweet I looked at him and said Every nickel is mine to keep He looked at me and said Know the truth It'll set you free You're looking at the Messiah The Son of Jehovah The higher power The choir the spoke the word The Holy Spirit The nerve of Nazareth And I tell you just how much a dollar cost The price of having a spot in heaven and us, I am God.
4: I wash my hands, I said, my grace, what more do you want from me? Tears of a cloud, Guess I'm not all what it's meant to be. Shades of gray will never change if I condone. Turn this page, help me change, to right my wrong.
1: It sometimes makes me think of, well, it doesn't, like it almost always makes me think of you give like a, you gave a sermon or a talk one time Hmm. about how like we experience home, like homeless people. And as they're like Mm. reminders of like, Oh,
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, well, well, it was coming from this book I read called the fear of beggars. And the, the author was proposing that beggars are a visible reminder that our money isn't ours. yeah
1: yeah
0: Um, and an opportunity to reflect on that every single time and to a certain extent beggars have a claim on our money Hmm. because it's not ours theologically speaking Hmm. interesting (laughs) Uh, yeah so i i think it's again a credit to kendrick in terms of his ability to build up to an emotional moment when he gets to the end of the song and he gets to like you're basically essentially saying in his way through several verses, like you're looking at God <sighs> right now. That's like, you're just, you're, you're just, just like turned on your way. head. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's like, for me, it's like I said, back to square one with Kendrick, like I was so satisfied to think that this started as a journey of, of experiencing this artist that was bringing Christianity or faith or whatever you want to call it into his music that felt, Applicable and real and relevant, um, and he kept it up in this album. Yeah, I'll uh, be a little bit more subtly like. Good, kid, Mad City was aggressively, like very like, aggressive. It began... I, I invite Jesus into my heart. Yeah, you know, I don't even know if he mentions Jesus in this album, but it's still very much God centric in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. <sighs> big sigh. Oh, big sigh. We love
1: Kendrick and a Butterfly. Um. You, uh, you know he had
0: a, he had a lot of um. There's some nerdy things about this album in terms of some nerdy you, things. You know, like uh, I Macy and I watched this performance of of Kendrick w- before this album was released. He performed on the finale of the Colbert Rapport. So again, if you're if you're listening and just would like to get some material and just go <laughs> check something out, try to look up Kendrick performing on the Colbert Rapport for the finale, and he has this band that he's been working with playing behind him. And at the very end, uh, he, he's as they're like jamming, he's announcing them. So he says, mm-hmm. Anna wise, Anna wise is the, one of the girls that's been singing the, and, uh, Terrence Martin is a saxophonist. So he's like, this saxophonist is like huge. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, thundercat. Thundercat <laughs> is like this amazing bassist, black, Artist in his own right whose whose albums are out of this world amazing and he got these huge names to be mm. collaborating with him on this mm. album so he would do the beats and stuff but then uh, another guy is um uh flying lotus and flying lotus is another guy who is just a sort of amazing producer that makes his mm. own beats and they were all I guess in quotes, teaching Kendrick throughout this. Like he mm. would say, I like Miles Davis. I like George Clinton. I like these. And they would say, well, that's jazz. That's funk," And they were all surprised mm. that he was gravitating towards this. And they assumed he didn't really have the capacity to appreciate that type of music. Mm. And they were all saying, essentially, if you want this, we will add to your album
2: mm. by
0: joining you. In, wow. Um, yeah. So How it's got cool. it. it's so cool. And so he's got saxophones and bass and funk and jazz and uh all these people were like I think really wanting to do their best to make this an amazing album. Yeah. So it's like Kendrick brought the vision and the story and all that but these people brought their best in terms of we're going to add high quality music like to your point.
1: You yeah. Know? No, it's it's a uh... I've had the like blessing of listening to most of this in my beats, which means I just get like this great experience in my ears. And his music like bounces between ears and it's Mm -hmm. just like so I don't know, you feel it, you know? Mm -hmm. You feel it like in your body, I would typically say.
0: In your body. Yeah. I say it for people like artists. What were you gonna say? I
1: was gonna say he's an eight.
0: He's an eight. (laughs) (laughs) Um when I experience an artist that I like that moves me the way Kendrick does, and I say this about Annie Dillard, and this this happens in hood politics, it happens mm-hmm. in how much a dollar costs, it happens in Mama, but it definitely happens, probably most profoundly, in Mortal Man.
1: Oh, yeah. the best song. I just feel like my
0: head is on fire. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. It, mm-hmm. it almost feels overwhelming. It feels out of control. Mm-hmm. Like something has grabbed a hold of me. Wow. And it's like, oh, it's a great feeling, but... Uh, <laughs>
1: Um, an intense feeling.
0: I don't know. There's a sad feeling to it because you know, it's so fleeting and you know, it's going to, it's fleeting and it's not going to last. And it's like (laughs) magical and special, but only certain artists can do it. I'm going to, I'm going to try something that we may leave in here, but I'm going to try to play Macy something. Okay. Maybe we'll put it in the, the actual audio. So this is, um, this is a song that flying Lotus did, uh, that had a Kendrick verse in it. Okay. But it's just an example of like this is one of the main producers from Tobip and Butterfly. And you can you when you hear the song, you'll see the influence. Okay. And he's this guy is like sort of a god producer. Hmm. Like he's big time. Um in, in the terms of like his the quality of his production, but also his vision and he has his own artistic bend, hmm. you know. And he actually made his own film that was premiered at Sundance Film Festival that people vomited during and walked out on because he's so like artistic and sort of out there.
1: Oh, you love him.
0: I do love him, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, I might have played this for you before and you might not remember because you weren't in the Kendrick zone yet, so.
1: I am now in the Kendrick zone.
0: Okay, so I'm going to show Macy a video called Never Catch Me and it's featuring Kendrick and this is a Flying Lotus song. Um, I encourage everybody to watch the video. I think this is a profound video. So I love it on so many levels because I like Flying Lotus's music. I love Kendrick. And whoever made this video, I don't know whose vision it was. It's um, essentially two kids who have died. Everybody's mourning their death, but they're they're thriving in the afterlife, so to speak. Mm. And they Mm. have these beautiful dances Mm. that represent. And this happens in sort of, what you'd perceive to be compton so it's like kids are killed by senseless violence all the time and so you get the sense that that's what's happened here uh it's just so good on so many levels maybe i'll put the song or at least kendrick's verse in this podcast later who knows
1: who knows (laughs)
0: That's <laughs> cool.
3: See the darkness in me and it's quite amazing. Life and death is no mystery and I want to taste it. Step inside of my mind and you'll find curiosity, animosity, I'm velocity, I'm the meditation. Reminisce on my wonder years and I wonder here. Yeah. Sentiments of my words ain't been so sincere. Sentiment to my nerve that I just persevere, the big thought of all the dark disappeared to my faith, they say that hell is real. Analyze my demise, I say I'm super anxious. Recognize i deprived this feeling, then embrace it. Fertilizing these these bars only if they can talk. Conversations on to my dark thoughts. Looking down on my soul now. Tell me I'm in control now. Tell me I can live long and I can live wrong and I can live right and I can sing song and I can unite with you that I love, you that I like. Look at my life, you tell me I fight. This that final destination. This that foster information, this that foster inspiration, this that crack the installation, this that contrast dropping that fist, pumping that bomb detonation. Please don't bomb my nation, and bomb me a blue awaken. I got my control and I'm here. You gon' hate me when I'm gone. Ain't no blood pumping no feel. I got hope inside of my bones This that life beyond your own life. This ain't physical for mankind. It's that out of body experience. No coincidence. Spend diet. It's your shit. Yeah.
1: got to showed me the, the video <laughs> i think it is so clear
0: we watched the flying mothers
2: video
1: how much like i'm about one percent maybe two percent in like rap in like five percent understanding kendrick you're at like 80 or like 70 percent you know
0: it's my thing yeah i mean you're you're like 70 80 understand 21 pilots
1: this is true yeah
0: <laughs> or emo music
1: emo you know? music yeah or whatever that music is so this is like your fluency, but I think it's been fun to like experience it and be <laughs> brought into it because mm. I feel like I've learned a lot more about it through like the fact mm. that you could explain that there's so many people behind it and that these cool people did this like as a listener it mm. it adds to the depth of it. And I think we as listeners to music like could maybe I don't know. I think that our music is enhanced and our experience is enhanced mm. as we dive deeper into the artist and like what the people behind it and the story behind the making of it, like it enhances our music experience. Yes. So encouragement because music's no small thing. You know, <laughs> and Kendrick is clearly no small thing.
0: So one of our ideas that we had was talking about either favorite songs or favorite yeah. moments. And Macy and I both, I think felt overwhelmed by that assignment. Yeah, but you have like some thoughts, I, I, and I didn't write anything down.
1: <laughs> I have. I wrote it down on a piece of paper, and and then I just kept adding songs, mm. and it was hard to pick favorites. But I could probably go through like a top. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I could do some kind of top. Do you
0: have them? Do you have them in order?
1: Um, I think I know my number one. It's Mortal Man.
0: Ooh, yeah. So good. A
1: hundred percent. Mortal Man is like, I listen to it a lot. I really like it's it. Big. It's, big. it's big. It's good. Yeah. The, so Mortal Man is like the climax. Well, it's not even necessarily the climax of Bumble Butterfly. Let's, let's,
0: let's just, let's talk about it. Let's yeah. talk about Mortal Man. Let's talk
1: about Mortal Man because it's such a good <laughs> song. And also... I didn't hear it until this, the beginning of the summer when you played it for me on the bus ride right home from Shasta mm-hmm. and I got the story behind it, which made it, I understood it. It's so good. Um,
0: but you know, you and I are similar. I think probably people experience us both this way of like our enthusiasm is really somewhat contagious.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's slightly disappointing. I'm sure for someone to play something for me and you can tell I'm, just not feeling it. I'll always be polite. Yeah. I'm like that was really nice, but it hasn't caught. And you're the same way. Sometimes I'll play something for you and be like, oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> that was great. You know, I know what I don't hide it. Well. I can
0: really appreciate what he was trying to do there. You know? It was like, but it's like, obviously it didn't catch, but you could tell like you were having a moment with mortal man. <laughs> and it was very rewarding. I'm like, oh, she's liking it. Good. I'm so yeah. happy.
1: It's good. Well, and now, so mortal man, you get, let's just say it in To Pimp a Butterfly there's this poem that gets like exposed throughout To Pimp a Butterfly mm-hmm. and Mortar Man is the, like you get the whole poem mm-hmm. but I didn't even know experiencing it that in the album he goes through it slowly and like gives you Yeah you had of known it. at that point So it's it's interesting for me that I began the album already knowing like that what was this last song, which mm-hmm. is like a big surprise. I think you should kind of explain mortal man. You would do it better justice.
0: Well, I experienced it probably how it should have been. Oh, when this came album. out because I was such a massive fan. I really, there's a few albums I've done this within my life. And if I, if I get to a certain part with a artist, I'm sure Macy's going to do this when the new 21 pilots album comes out.
1: Don't even remember, get me started on October 5th. Yeah. <laughs>
0: where I was sitting headphones and I'm going to listen to the whole album you know, with my undivided attention. So I did that with butterfly. And so when it got to mortal man, I was just ready for it, you know, and (laughs) ready (laughs) uh, to to describe it. I think it's essentially three songs in one songs Mm -hmm. slash spoken word slash poems. But it's, it's first a song with, of, of Kendrick, I think summarizing the major themes of the album. Mm hmm and he's talking about Nelson Mandela and it's also him wrestling with his his newfound fame so like good kid mad city elevated him in the world and so he's he's saying okay you like my lyrics you like my albums are you going to be faithful because i'm sensing that there's going to be moments of failure i'm going to let you down at some point mm-hmm. i'm human
1: mm-hmm.
0: are you going to be able to handle that like he's essentially man. asking his audience i'm a mortal man
1: i'm a mortal
3: man <laughs> The ghost of Mandela, hold my float, they propellant Let these words be your earth and moon. You consume every message. As I leave this army, make room for mistakes in depression. And with that being said, my, let me ask this question. Wish hit the fan that you still a fan. Wish hit the fan. One two, one two, one two. Uh, Wish hit the fan that you still a fan. Wish hit the fan that you still a fan. The ghost of Mandela, hold my float, they propellant Let these words be your earth and moon. You consume every message. As I leave this army, make room for mistakes in depression and with that being said let me ask this question it the fan, still a fan. It
0: he wants to be like nelson mandela he wants to be somewhat of a liberator he wants his lyrics to impact people in a certain way but he also is aware that at some point he's going to let someone down yeah um so he's he's like announcing his humanity essentially mm-hmm. and then how do you even describe this? I mean, the story behind moral man is he got hold of some sort of unreleased Tupac interview.
1: It's from London.
0: Yeah. And so (laughs) nobody had heard this yet, first of all. And then he chopped it up to make it seem like he was interviewing Tupac. And the, the implication is that it's sort of this afterlife, otherworldly moment where he is interviewing Tupac. Yeah. So as a fan of Tupac, Tupac and, and hip hop like the moment that happened it's it's hard to describe and I'm not again like this goes back to the, the the first part of this podcast where I'm talking about being a white person listening to this I'm a fan of Tupac I'm a fan of I can't imagine what this actually means to you know a black youth living in Compton who's oh. grown up with these heroes and these myths yeah. mm-hmm. and um I I almost like fell on the floor I was just like I knew instantly Instantly when that voice hit that it was Tupac. Yeah. And I was just like, this is so um, unexpected and yet perfect. And of course it makes sense. And what is happening? And it's just like surreal on the grandest level.
1: And the interview is like, it's it's long and there's depth to it. And the questions that Kendrick puts Mm -hmm. in like matches with two box responses are cause the responses aren't necessary. Like the questions and the responses aren't like point blank, mm-hmm. I would say. And yet there's like a level of interpretation of how he like put the questions. Oh, it's just so mm-hmm. complex and good.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like my brain getting on fire,
1: my brain getting on fire. In the
0: background, there's all these like jazz back and oh, forth instrumentations. It yeah. makes it just feel so epic and otherworldly. And,
1: yeah and then there's the like like woman singing in the background Mm. like slowing it down Mm -hmm. it it like really builds as this like this is a sacred like word and it feels like by the time you're at this point of the interview in mortal man like it like slowly dies down and you're like this is like prophetic on some level Mm -hmm. like pause these words like take this in you know Mm -hmm. and i think it it helps shed light on the rest of the album as well
0: yeah, it sums it up, and so so in in it's a it's essentially like what well, I'll look at the tracklist here. It's a twelve minute and seven second seconds song, a long song, and so it's this first part is him doing this thing about his fans and Nelson Mandela. Then it's the Tupac point. but the,
1: point. the bet- final part
0: is the part with the butterflies. Well, final yeah, but, but, the, but
1: the transition between a song and Tupac is. So all of Tip Butterfly, he's been giving us part of this poem. But then he transitions and he gives the full poem. And then at the end, he says, what do you think of that? And it's Mm -hmm. like, this whole time, this was a poem to Tupac. Oh,
2: I'm getting so excited. It's it's like,
1: you didn't, as a listener, you're not like necessarily, you don't know who it's for. You don't know what it is. And it's really short lines in the beginning. Um, And so by the time you reach it, I almost want to read it.
0: Yeah, or, he says, one time you wrote a poem about the ground. What did you mean by that? Oh, yeah, the, the ground? ground must
1: follow you up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 That's how he starts his conversation with Tupac, I think.
1: No, it's, I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. He begins oh, with the no, poem. I mean,
0: yeah, the, he reads the poem, and then how does he start the conversation with Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, he says.
0: I was going to call it another N-word.
1: Yeah, but it ain't really a poem. I just felt like. It's something you probably could relate to other than that. Now that I finally got a chance to holler at you, I always wanted to ask you about a certain situation, about a metaphor actually. Spoke you spoke ground. of the ground. What, what do you, you mean, mean by that? What the what ground, the ground represent? represent?
4: The ground is going to open up and swallow the evil. Right. That's how I see it My world is born I see And the ground is a symbol For, for the poor people right. The poor people Is going to open up This whole world And swallow up the rich people Because the rich people Are going to be so fat And, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to be So appetizing You know what I'm saying Wealthy Appetizing The poor going to be So poor And hungry right. You know what I'm saying It's going to be like You know what I'm saying <laughs> be, They might, it might be some Cannibalism out this month <laughs> They might eat the rich You know what I'm
3: saying Alright so let me, let me ask you this then Do you see yourself as Somebody that's rich or
4: somebody that made the best of their own opportunities. I see myself as a natural born hustler, a true hustler in every sense of the word. I took nothing, I took the opportunities, I worked at the the most menial and degrading job and built myself up so I can get it to where I owned it. Uh, I went from having somebody manage me to me hiring the person that works my management company. I changed everything, I realized my destiny in a matter of five years, you know what I'm saying, and made myself a millionaire. I I made millions for a lot of people, now it's time to make millions for myself, you know what I'm saying. I made millions for the record companies, I made millions for these movies, Movie companies and now we make millions for, for us. Mm. And through your different avenues
3: of success, how would you say you managed to keep a level of sanity?
4: By my faith in God, by my faith in the game, and by my faith in all—all all good things come to those that stay true. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it, it was happening to me for a reason. You know what I'm saying? I was noticing.
0: And then <laughs> after
1: that, we get the the Butterfly like
0: poem. Which we hadn't heard up until that point. That's not part of the album. Right. Yeah. Which is also crazy.
1: I know. I also almost feel like I should just read or we should just read that or maybe play that. I don't know.
0: Read it. and Maybe I'll leave that or maybe I'll add.
1: I'll read it, but you could add it. Sure. Could you imagine?
2: <laughs> I can't imagine, <laughs> could yeah. you imagine. Could you
1: imagine? <laughs> I just wish we could add this whole song. Yeah. I want everyone to pause and but, go but listen to But it might be nice it. just to
0: have you read it. Okay. You know? I will just
1: read it. Okay, this is Kendrick's like last thing that he says to Tupac. I wanted to read one last thing to you. It's actually something a good friend had wrote describing my world. It says, the caterpillar is a prisoner to the streets that conceived it. Its only job is to eat or consume everything around it in order to protect itself from this mad city. While consuming its environment, the caterpillar begins to notice ways to survive. One thing it noticed is how much the world shuns him, but praises the butterfly. The butterfly represents the talent, the thoughtfulness, and the beauty within the caterpillar. But having a harsh harsh outlook on life, the caterpillar sees the butterfly as weak and figures out a way to pimp it to its own benefits. Always surrounded by this mad city, the caterpillar, caterpillar goes to work, to work on the cocoon, cocoon which,
2: which
3: institutionalizes, institutionalizes him.
1: him. He can no longer see he past.
3: He can no longer see past his own thoughts. He's trapped. While trapped inside these walls, certain ideas take root, such as going home and bringing back new concepts to this mad city. The result: wings begin to emerge, breaking the cycle of feeling stagnant. Finally, free. Butterfly sheds light on situations that the caterpillar never considered Ending the internal struggle. Although the butterfly and caterpillar are completely different, they are one and the same. What's your perspective on that? Pop.
1: Pop. Pop. And then a shot. Sound.
0: <laughs> and I, I think I think it's fair to say again kind of going back to the beginning of this whole conversation that it is completely unique to the black experience but it's also human you know it's 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 the overall theme is somebody coming to terms with their identity and who they are and discovering their roots
1: mm-hmm.
0: and doing it in a very compelling way um, yeah it's so big
1: I'm really emo reading
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's big. Yeah. You know, I think... I'd want to say about To Pimp a Butterfly... Like, again, honestly, it's just no problem. It would be so easy to do an episode on each song. Mm-hmm. We, we, I mean, that'd be fun. Like, that's podcast goals. Like
1: That's what, podcast goals. What,
0: what if we had the space to, like, do you know, to take the album vessel and do uh, an episode on each song. Just talk about for an hour, a song, you know, (laughs) basically handle that idea. Uh, But, but same here, like to do an episode on each song. But I think I can say two things that I think could sum up something about what I love about this album. Um, One is in Wesley's theory, which is the opening album. Do you know why they call it Wesley's theory?
1: I read it at one point. I was consuming so much information. Oh, I know. My I wouldn't research, expect you to. I don't remember.
0: So Wesley Snipes was essentially arrested for tax evasion, hmm. and the story, the story that has been told, at least by my understanding, by the black community, is that they don't understand. They, I, 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 I'm being very sensitive. I, I this is what I've read and I would put myself in this category for that matter. Um, they don't, they don't teach people how to do taxes in school and that's a, a, a sort of a form of oppression. To a certain it, extent. Yeah, some so here's, know. here's this very famous, elevated, successful black man who just somehow just didn't handle his taxes well. And now he's being hmm. put in prison. Hmm. So that's, that's Wesley Siri. He says, I'll Wesley snipes your ass before 35. Hmm. Like Kendrick's already worried that like somehow he's not going to know how to handle his money.
2: Yeah,
0: Uh, and that's the anxiety that is put into a black man's soul early on in this country. You know.
1: Yeah, what a way to start the album. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) So he has a he has he has sort of a you may consider a throwaway line in that song, which is which he says, "I'm going to put the Compton swap meet on the White House." Uh, And so the Compton swap meet is 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 where everybody shows up from the neighborhood to to barter and trade and buy things and hang mm-hmm. out and be in community and the album cover is that mm-hmm. line it's, mm-hmm. and and the album yeah. cover and that song that line are enough enough you don't even need anything else like um I, that's I, all
1: Kendrick could have produced in his whole yeah, life and talk he, about Scott co- would still be this big of a fan <laughs> <laughs> I, I could it's enough
0: we can have a whole episode on that I, I, the first thought that comes to my mind is um I remember watching this documentary with the son of like the Johnson and Johnson inheritance. So Johnson mm-hmm. and Johnson is the company that makes like your dental floss, and yeah. toothpaste. It's and a commercial. Many, many, many things. No, it was a documentary. Okay. And this guy who at the time was probably in his mid twenties was trying to make a documentary of his family. And this family is beyond wealthy when the wealthiest families in America. Yeah. But what you can tell is like, they're very uncomfortable talking about their wealth hmm. And that is a very white thing to a certain extent. Like it's low key. It's, 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 it's proper, you mm. know? And one of, that's one of my observations about rap music is it throws that sort of materialism and consumption in your face. It's like white people want to keep it low key. Mm. White, white people are drinking and consuming and buying things too. They're just not, do, they're doing it in the way that they think is proper. And here on the cover of To a Butterfly, you have people drinking booze, consuming, but they're, and they are like holding dollar signs to their ear, or stacks of dollar bills, but they're not doing it in a subtle way. Right. And I think that's what offends white people. So like in this Johnson & Johnson context, the, the, the son's going around being like, we got to talk about how wealthy we are. And the grandpa and the dad are like, you never mention money. You don't talk oh, about
1: money. Oh, yeah. Interesting.
0: We, we, that's not what you do. Nobody needs to know what we have. Hmm. And... Um, So white people, I think, look at black folks who have come into money talking about how much money they think. That's not proper. Hmm. It's like, so it's okay for you to be materialistic and it's okay for you to pursue your goals and it's okay for you to acquire wealth, but you're going to do it in this low key, subtle way that's appropriate to your cultural standards. And it's almost
1: in like a, just like a hidden way. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. So uh, I've talked about this short story a lot with Macy and the youth group a lot, but, um, Flannery O'Connor has this short story called Revelation, and it Which, ends. I yeah. haven't
1: responded to you about this, but I like vividly remember reading that in my English class. Oh, fun! In, in like high school, and being <laughs> like, "This is the short story." Like I was like, this I was read a, it so many times.
0: Talk about brain getting on fire! Like that was a moment for me. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you, I, we haven't responded, but I was like, "Wow, you referenced one of my favorite <laughs> short <awesome>. stories."
0: <laughs> but this cover rough. is like a visible representation of that. It's saying Mm, like these mm. people that you're judging through their lifestyle, Kendrick is elevating Mm. and on his cover, throwing them and all of their quirks in heavy quotes, quirks,
2: heavy quotes. Yeah.
0: You know, the, their lifestyle, the way they are. And he's not, he's not disassociating from himself from that. And he's putting them on the lawn of the white house. And, he does that essentially in the King Kunta video Mm -hmm. is he's celebrating the culture that he came from and in all their funny, quirky,
1: it's what makes it home. Yeah. Like on some level
0: and elevating it and celebrating it. And uh, it's just so good. And then, um, the final, not final, but the other thing I draw attention to is when he performed at the Grammys, uh, and Macy's seen this video is it's a perfect summation of to Butterfly and a perfect summation to a certain extent of Kendrick is at the, at the end of this massive performance, he has this graphic that comes on behind him. It's an outline of Africa and in the center, it says Compton. And so, you know, and in, in when we were talking about voice, we were talking about cultural location. Hmm. Here's the most profound example of what we're talking about. We're talking about cultural location and Kendrick's naming it. He's saying, hmm. I'm from Compton. Which if impacts my entire worldview,
2: mm-hmm. and he's
0: saying I've also just realized that I'm also from Africa, right? <laughs> and that has impacted me, and essentially all those problems that have been brought over from Africa to America are manifested in the problems of Compton, mm-hmm. and I am mm-hmm. a representation of that and those are the stories I'm telling, mm-hmm. um, and that's the Pimp a Butterfly,
1: yeah, and it's recognizing your yeah your cultural location as well as your your like heritage and its cultural yeah. location and all the history behind it
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah it's big
1: it's big we <laughs> can talk about it so mortal man is one of the greatest songs
0: <laughs> which "Immortal man yeah i know that's like just you talking about mortal man brought
2: all that <laughs> stuff.
0: I'm be okay so so you said um mortal man i mean we we're gonna talk about our oh, favorite, favorite moments such albums and and you said mortal man
1: yeah but i have so many others like what, what do you untitled want to mention three is really oh, yeah, untitled we didn't even
0: talk about that that album untitled
1: and that album is also one of my favorites yeah. as well which po- which one is the song where he's just like Hey guys, I'm singing this song. What's that moment? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like track seven or eight. The
0: yeah. The second half of it. Yeah. It's like him just freeforming.
1: just free for yeah, He so like is with his, his friends and he's like, we're going to like record for 15 minutes. And yeah. he's just like singing, like, come on, come on. Just and goes it's off. just like,
0: you would love that as a, like a, a creative.
1: Yeah. You know? I like that moment. I'm like, Wow, he lets you into that just like raw moment. Yeah, and I yeah. think that that, I mean, the Untitled, Unmastered, that's kind of what it is. No mm-hmm. song, I think, maybe Untitled 3 is maybe the most put together song. Mm-hmm. I think other favorite songs, I, we can't say this, but F Your Ethnicity, mm-hmm. that you put on a playlist of mine. I did, yeah. So yeah. that makes me think of it. And this also was fun to be like, I listened to that on a playlist and it begins at like a campfire. Mm-hmm. And now I've listened to all of Section 80 and now I'm like, "Oh, I've been brought back yeah, to yeah, the yeah. campfire." <laughs> <It's>
0: the <opening. laughs> um, and then Rigamortis, he goes so hardcore. That's that's the Is song that the person? No, Rigamortis is where he just raps.
1: Oh, so that fast. Oh, yes, that is like a a big song. Yeah. No, my favorite songs in Section 80 were whatever I forget their names. I'm looking it up right now. Hold
0: up. Hold up. Hold up. Well,
1: the last song is so good is. to me. He, he, like he's section big, 80.
0: He's big at that. He likes he, ending on a big note.
1: Every single last yeah. song is very good of Kendrick's. I also just think he has an, most uh, He songs has a song called
0: Cush and Corinthians, by the way. Oh, so let's just... I
1: know. And that song is so good. <laughs> I pop off. Kendrick. <laughs> what I love and I've loved about experiencing Kendrick and about coded language almost is that each time you listen, you pick up something new and like, mm-hmm. there's a new uh, experience that is to be had. And I don't think all albums are that way. Mm-hmm. I think um, these albums are really profound in that I've listened to them probably. I don't know how many times I listened to each album. You've probably listened to them hundreds of times.
0: I've, I've probably listened to Pimpa Butterfly. 50 times
1: you think only 50 times
0: (laughs) only 50 (laughs) yeah you know i mean you have you have your your fandom for 21 pilots is on a completely different level i mean listening to something 50 times is is hardcore in my book
2: (laughs) you know you're right i I plan on listening to it
0: more much more but i mean and the only reason i listened to it that much was because i was training for this marathon i mean i've probably listened to good kid mad city all the way through between 10 and 20 times and i probably listened to damn all the way through between 20, 10 and 20 times i've listened to good Kid, M.A.D. i mean uh tip and butterfly the most
1: hmm, interesting mm-hmm. those numbers are lower than i would expect <laughs>
0: isn't that interesting
1: because <laughs> i think i probably listened to damn between 10 and 20 times
0: so you beat me or you're at the, my level uh, yeah which yeah. just
1: seems interesting to me we'll see yeah I that's not typically my way, though. Is I deep dive a little too hard,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I think for me, I'd say big moments insta- big instead moments. of like songs. Like, um, I think Macy and I are, are on similar spaces with this, but um, uh, Dying of Thirst. Oh, like
1: yes, moment. that is the big moment. I yeah, wrote that down actually. On Good
0: City. And then Macy and Dang, I were talking thirst. about these ideas of his transitions.
1: Oh, yes,
0: and to me the transition in DNA is one of the best moments, not just in Kendrick Lamar, but in one of the best moments in like hip hop. It's, it's a crazy moment.
1: Which one is that?
0: Uh, it's, (laughs) you know, do you know DNA?
1: I, I mean, I do know DNA. Uh,
0: There, there's a, there's a beat switch and, and essentially what he said was, uh, Mike will made it is the guy that made this beat. And he said, essentially the story is Kendrick showed up to the studio and just, recorded we just had this verse just went on forever Hmm. and he said midway kendrick said i want you to create a beat that just keeps my flow going Hmm. so um it's really fun i think there was a there's a there's a video of kendrick performing this for the first time at like coachella Mm -hmm. and when the beat switches um there's these huge words on the screen behind kendrick that says don't look down Hmm. which is essentially like saying this is so disorienting and huge and heavy and cool and big like your world is being rocked from this beat <laughs> that's, what, that's why I interpret it but like this is the beat switch
1: oh, oh this yeah.
0: yeah if you were listening to this on huge speakers
1: oh don't look down Yeah, this is a big moment. Yeah. DNA is probably it's one of my second, favorite songs. It's actually
0: the first real song on the album. Like, as a as a fan, if you're yeah, hearing true. this for the first time, you're, you're just
1: like, like oh! Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, high energy. Yeah. I think that Damn is the album that gets me the most, like, hyped. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like, want to get up and punch something I think he'd after listening to you'd be proud of that. Yeah. But then by the end, it cl- calms you down. But then if you listen to it backwards, Kendrick.
0: <laughs> and I think Duckworth, to a certain extent, is a summation of his whole thing. I oh, think maybe let's, let's have some final thoughts on Kendrick.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: What would you want to say in conclusion? I think
1: my final thoughts on Kendrick are, first of all,
0: Final and opening, because I feel like we'll talk about it again.
1: True. Yeah. I, well, I'm, my first thought is I'm really grateful for Kendrick. Like, I'm grateful that this artist exists and that he's been, like, found on some level and been amplified i mean it's interesting when you think of kendrick's story and i don't know it deeply but it seems like he kind of top dog just kind of saw him and invited him into a few times and then like quickly top dog was like wow this guy's pretty talented but it was kind of like by happen chance Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. his story began but i'm really grateful that the people around him like saw the talent and that he I don't know I just I feel really blessed by having the chance to experience his music and that's like when I encounter artists that I love, I tend to just feel really glad that we get to be invited into kind of their experience yeah. their brains their emotions yes. and as like Kendrick performs and puts out music um, I don't know I think that he would want his audience to be like invested in it the way Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people are so I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for that and my other final thought is I think this guy's kind of a prophet (laughs) whatever (laughs) we didn't get
0: much into that whatever that means
1: I don't even really know but his voice Mm. is I was reading some review and it says like he's like a messianic figure almost Mm -hmm. I mean Mm -hmm. he speaks with confidence and he speaks of things that are happening now but with a vision of the future Um, yeah And I don't know. I just I'm excited for what is more to come from Kendrick. I'm not like, oh, Kendrick's gonna run out of songs and ideas. Oh, I know. I already sense that you'll be
0: in the same space that I am. Like when when whenever his new album comes out, you'll be here for it.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be here for it. (laughs) I'm gonna be
2: pumped.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's there. These days, there's so many. There's so few artists who I would like do this thing where I would take a whole night to make sure I give the whole album.
1: Yeah. Attention,
0: mm-hmm. you know, even when Jay Z and Beyonce came out, their most recent album, I just had a sense that like, it's, it's not that type of album. It was a great album, yeah, but it's not the type of album that you need to like sit by yourself with your headphones on and listen to the whole thing and pay attention to it. It's like good. It's a good album. I love it. It's great. And they're great. I love both of them, but, right. um, Maybe even someday we'll get into like run the jewels cause they're another group that I really love. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, here, here, here's a quick side note as we tend, as we start to wrap up is that for the, for the longest time I was, I had a subscription to entertainment weekly and then I had a subscription to spin magazine. These are albums that like highlight music and, um, pitchfork eventually superseded all these, Thing So Pitchfork is a website that is probably (laughs) like the most pretentious music reviewers, but, uh, it's something I gravitate towards and, um, they very rarely will give like a song or an album, a 10 out of 10. So like, or for that matter, they'll say an album is the best album or the best new music and they'll give it like an 8.3. Like that is a high review for Pitchfork.
1: Right.
0: Now they gave My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy a a rare 10 out of 10. And Spin Magazine gave it a rare 10 out of 10. I mean, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye is considered the holy grail of music.
1: I, for some reason, have not like had profound experiences with it. I need to really sit down with it. Uh,
0: Now they gave... Kendrick to pimp a butterfly 9.3 it's Kendrick's highest rated reviewed album on pitchfork Hmm. so you can read pitchfork's review of to pimp a butterfly which is a great review now that year in 2015 they gave um to pimp a butterfly the album of the year award so they have their best of the year um run the jewels has gotten it twice as well so that's i think someday we'll cover run the jewels um so I'm going to read the final two paragraphs.
1: Oh, of which one? Tipima Butterfly?
0: Of Tipima Butterfly. This is not their review. This is their summation once he got the album of the year on Pitchfork. Oh. This is a different thing. And maybe for our purposes, what I would say is like, let's consider this the final word for the night.
1: Okay. That sounds great. We can't just keep going. A final word.
0: Final word. Not for me from Pittsburgh, uh so so i think this is really well said and so this is a this is about to pimp butterfly but i think about it's, it's about kendrick in general it says all of this blackness is important important because sometimes white people need to take a metaphorical seat to sit down shut up and listen to conversations in which they are a cultural object not the center this is not an easy task White people have been way too comfortable for way too long in this country and in this world. Way too comfortable with the way they choose to see reality solely through their own gaze. Way too comfortable with their sense of entitlement over the planet and its resources. Hmm. Way too comfortable with their appropriation of culture in ways large and small. Hmm. Way too comfortable with the stories they tell, the lies passed off as the history of mankind. Way too comfortable with the things they pick up. Way too careless with the way they put them down. But Kendrick was willing to discomfort the comfortable. Hmm. He took all the acclaim he had received as a critical darling from his major label debut, the rightfully extolled Good Kid, Mad City, and doubled down on his blackness, not for the entertainment of white people, but for in near total disregard for their experience of his conversation. He was Miles Davis playing with his back to the crowd. And in that sense, it's a miracle that this record has found the audience that it found. It's an album by the greatest rapper of his generation where his rap skills are perhaps the least noteworthy talking point an album so dense with ideas that it made the novelistic turns of his debut a thoughtful and textured gang-cultured adjacent coming-of-age story seem quaint and straightforward by comparison it's an album that is on this list not only because of its merits but because it's presumably why so many albums are not here this year it's not a stretch to reason that the Pimp Butterfly* had something to do with why Kanye West and Drake didn't release proper studio albums in 2015. It's an album with such gravitas that the runaway success of Adele's *25* seems inconsequential. It's not just the album of the year; it's the it's the voice of a moment in time. Wow! <laughs> Isn't that good?
1: Yeah, we love Kendrick, and we, we think Kendrick. he's no small thing. And you should check out his music. Maybe listen to Tip Him a Butterfly after this podcast.
0: <laughs> Go listen to that album.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Good night, everybody. <laughs> Macy's put down her microphone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my life I has
2: to fight. Oh,
3: my life I. Hard times like yeah. Bad trips like yeah. We gon' be alright, right? We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Huh? We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, you can boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers on only-